I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Apple Podcast for round 23-2021. We come to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who, well, he's got a bunch of beer bottles lying around. He's got a lot of white powder. He's wearing a costume. Uh, have you started your Mad Monday, Adam Rosenbachs? Uh, no. No, no, <laughs> just, a, just, just a regular Sunday in lockdown, mate. Um, just... Just another another normal day here, mate. You know, I, I, what I've done is I've decided because we're in lockdown for another two weeks here and I figure if the days just all blend into one, it just feels like one really long day until we're out of lockdown. Yeah, sure. Um, now, um, is that a dildo hanging off you? Mate, it's all part of the fun. It's all part of the fun. And I'm dressed as Super Mario because if anyone fucks up around here, I can blame it on Super Mario and it's not me. It's another one of the things, just one of the coping mechanisms I'm using during this lockdown that we're all suffering through. Do you feel like for the little people around the world, uh, or sorry, around Australia in the lockdown states where like drug dealers, like, you know, can't go more than 5Ks? Because didn't, didn't it go off like last year when, wasn't it great for business? When I think it might have been. I, you know what? I think the hard thing, though, is actually sourcing it because of the um, uh, international movement has yeah, sure. really slowed down. So a lot of the stuff that some of my friends... Some of the backyard stuff, stuff you've been... <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of those backyard stuff has been shut down. It's hard to get imports from uh, China. Um, a lot of... Now that the Taliban have taken off, though, a lot, a lot more stuff's going to be coming uh, via Afghanistan. So that'll be good. They'll, they'll ramp up production pretty heavily i would have thought and, and hopefully you know we see south america opening up a bit this is a little bit of a different show now but um <laughs> i've just been talking to some people the drug the time over podcast yeah yeah but i just <laughs> never actually realized i was like oh so you're a drug dealer that's what you do you sell drugs and a, a five kilometer uh you know ban might front oh, yeah, you yeah. from breaking the law <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna shut you down you're like our Venn diagrams don't cut, uh, don't cross over. I can't do this. So. <laughs> but hey, Michael, we're into the finals. Finally, we've got there. There was supposed to be one super game at the end of the round, Essendon and Collingwood, but it didn't matter because Freo fucking shat themselves. They did, and the final eight has been set. But we are announcing our grand final super show, the annual tradition. So we've done it every mm. night, every grand final since 2016. So what's that? One, two, three. Four, five, about to do our six uh, with the mm. two guys, one cup podcast, Charlie Clawson, Will Anderson. We're going to be doing it again, unfortunately, via Zoom. Adam, I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, well, I mean, because most of the, well, 75% of the participants are not in Victoria. And it's, uh, I think it's going to be unlikely that even by that stage that Victoria will be opening up enough, if it is opened up, to have a crowd in a venue. Yeah, so we're going to do a Zoom show. It was great last year. It was great. It was fun. It um, was fun. So we're going to be doing it on Sunday, 
the 26th of September. So I think the AFL has pretty much guaranteed the date of the grand final. They just haven't guaranteed the location of the grand final. Is that right? Hang on, because usually it's supposed to be the last Saturday in September, but won't be. Won't it have moved forward a week because they're starting finals a week earlier? So no, I, I think it could. Th- think th- I mean, uh, actually, I should make a point. If you do buy a ticket, like it could be a floating date. It would be definitely after the grand final. But yeah, I believe... oh, I've got a feeling it might be on September nineteenth because they've dropped the pre-finals by now. I Although think the idea is that they want to have a buy before the before the grand oh, final. Mate. So many permutations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so yeah. A warning to people. I, I, I put the um, I put the link up on our Twitter and Facebook at Junk Time AFL Pod. Yeah. Um, but if you type in, you know, Junk Time, two guys, one cup, use the numbers, yeah. not the words. Um, grand yeah, final we'll Zoom show, uh, clusterfuck. <laughs> put that in there as well. <laughs> but also too. If the, if the dates do change uh, and you're in Victoria or New South Wales, where the fuck else are you going to be? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we'll inform people. We you know, obviously can contact you and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, so I think the idea for the AFL right now is, like, not have the bye week before the finals because you know you know what they were thinking. Mm. We were getting in, we were getting yeah, in on exactly. the action. <laughs> yeah, and they said, they we're getting like too big for our bye week show. Yeah. And uh, and so they said we're going to move the finals forward because they couldn't they couldn't you know Channel Seven was furious they were like fuck man yeah. like we can't get Rosie and Chambo in on our <laughs> <laughs> finals yeah. action They're for our bi week show and so yeah I think the idea is they they will do a bye before the between the prelim and the grand final which I yes, think might also be that grand final teams can maybe go to Perth and quarantine. And have yes, that extra I time. So. Yeah, and also the the one positive that comes out of that is if you are concussed in a prelim, it means you still might be able to get up for the grand final because it would take into account the twelve That's day concussion protocol. Actually, not a bad point. And also, yeah, you yeah. think about someone I'm, you know, might you know, ping a little bit of a calf or something, and you get that extra week to kind of you know, get get yourself right. Yeah, wasn't it famously Simon Prestigiacomo who just said, oh, I don't think I can get through the granny, so I'm just not going to play. And then he didn't, and then they lost. Oh, they so good on him. They won, didn't they? Wasn't that 2010? Oh, was that 2010? I thought it might have been the earlier ones. No, no, I think that was 2010. I think he, he kind of put the hand up. He put the hand up yeah. and said, I can't do it. Um, and then, but do you reckon for the for the replays, like I, I feel fine, and they're like, yeah, sorry, mate, we're yeah. just dropping Leon Davis for that. <laughs> well, I think so. it was still, I, I think it actually might have been for the replay, but again, we're going into you know football issues, which I don't know much about. Now, no, fucking hell, mate, what a what weekend, a weekend of football! Unbelievable, it's it fantastic. Was it started off Friday night, it was awesome and just. Good. So how, how excited would the AFL have been? Imagine there were crowds available for this. Like Channel Dude. 7 would be fucking over the moon. Yeah. But to have so many games that had so much impact on the final eight was just amazing. And it kicked off with the Doggies in Port Adelaide on Friday night. And what a cracker of a game that was. Dude, so I think Doggies were about three goals up with maybe about 10, 12 yep. minutes to go. Yeah. And then Port home, came back. Home and host. Dude, it was amazing. Um. So Port secured their second spot, their home final, which will be at home. And then we had the fucking countdown of the Brisbane Lions trying to get like one point for like three minutes. Everyone's like, "How? What the how hell? amazing was that? That was how incredible." Was that? So, so apparently Chris Fagan went into the game and said they needed to win by about five goals, and. I think at around just before three-quarter time, they weren't looking like they were going to do it. The Eagles were kind of hanging on, and yep. you just he 
even Fagan said, hey, we're resigned to being fifth, so let's just you know worry about it if we have to. And then the last two minutes of that game was really exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, it was actually awesome seeing a full house at the Gabba. Yes, um, true. Do you think the crowd majority knew how many points they had Yeah, yeah, it really seemed because when um, Lincoln McCarthy kicked that point, mm-hmm. the crowd went ballistic. So yeah. I reckon they were aware. So maybe there was a, maybe there was a live ladder on the big screen. Actually, that's Who a really knows? good point. They actually could have put that up there, there and then Charlie Cameron sealed the deal. Uh, which put yes. it beyond doubt. But um, so now Melbourne and Brisbane are going to be facing each other in a uh, qualifying final. I actually would going to go out on a fact without notice. I'm going to suggest that Melbourne and Brisbane have never faced each other in a qualifying final. Uh, I reckon you would be almost a hundred percent right, unless around 2001, when Melbourne were pretty solid and Brisbane were on their way up to. I reckon the idea is that Melbourne Melbourne would do odds and eat well, do odds years in finals. So yeah, 2000 okay. they made yep. it, two thousand two, two thousand four, two thousand six. Like they'd go kind of. Um, so perhaps in two thousand and two, again we're heading into football territory. This is this has become a really dangerous show for us. Well, actually, let me try and do that. Can I do that? Try and do that off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. On the pod right now. So what are you you're trying to work out whether or not Brisbane so that means Brisbane would have had to finish in the top four, which I reckon could only have happened in two thousand and two if you're saying that there are odds and evens. Okay. So okay. Two thousand two. Okay, let me think of the prelims. Okay. Collingwood beat So Junk Timers, you are hearing a sad man as Adelaide he. in the two thousand two prelim. Yep. Brisbane they didn't beat Richmond that year. They beat someone else. They beat hmm. Wasn't Port Adelaide? I reckon it could have been Port in the prelim. Yeah, because I think I think Collingwood beat Port in the two thousand three prelim. Okay, yeah, because they <laughs> beat pre- they beat Brisbane in the two thousand three qualifying. Okay, and so I think it was Brisbane beat Port. Okay, now I'm going backwards. Okay, now who made the finals? Oh uh, no, okay, okay. Oh, I've got the prelims at least. Okay. Okay. I could yeah, work it out. Close. If you had half an hour, I could I could work it out in my head. Yeah, no, that's that's good to know, mate. And and that's why that's why people love hanging out with you at the pub. They just go, let's find out who was in the top four in two thousand and one. Yeah. What's Chambo up to? Because Brisbane beat Swans in the two o three prelim. How do you, is that? Because you were there? Is that how you know these? No, no, no. I just like doing this kind of stuff in my head. So in the other two o three prelim, so that would have been a. Two or three prelim would have been Pies again. Mm. And so I think that's that Pies beat Port in that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because remember Port were at the top for quite a few years before yeah, yeah. Well, and Brisbane, famously choked. Well, Brisbane never finished on top. No. In that period. Anyway. Pathetic. I, I really want to Which I think which I think right takes now. the shine off their three peat, doesn't it? The fact that they never won the coveted McClellan trophy. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I mean the cupboard is bare at <laughs> the lines. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> when you look back at it, you just go, they're not as good as everyone sort of says they are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's got a it's got an asterisk next to it. <laughs> Absolutely. They they got lucky in September. That's all you can say about the Brisbane three peat, is they just were never good during the season when it counted. <laughs> but fuck man, the holy grail of games last night, fucking Melbourne and Geelong. That was unbelievable. Now, as a Hawthorne supporter, did that just fucking make you really excited? The fact that they were, what, seven goals down and it was... Dude. Look, they were cooked. Hey, it fucking made me think, don't believe in never. 
Like, if you can come down, if you come back from that at jo- at Geelong, which, as we all know, it's a very mm. skinny ground. It is a skinny ground. <laughs> if you can come back from that, you can do anything in September. And I um, do you reckon? Do you reckon it took to three quarter time or half time when someone went? Hey guys, have you noticed the wing? Like um, maybe Ed Langdon came in and goes, "Guys, I swear to God, I'm running out and I'm fucking hitting the fence way before I should be." And they're going, "Hang on, hang on, hang on. What do you mean?" He's like, "It just seems. Would you say like narrower?" And they're like, "Hang on, mate." And then they got on Google Maps. They're like, "We've been kicking it out on the full because we're going wide. There is no fat side of the ground. What are you boys doing?" I was talking to my brother for about forty minutes. I reckon last night he's in London. He was taking his um daughter for a, a stroll and um. And I kind of have had half an eye on it kind of thing. Like, yep. kind of like get distracted by talking to him and then being like, oh, gee, the day's just got another one. Oh, oh wait, they got another one. And for the final two minutes, I was literally commentating it for him. I was like, Clayton Oliver gives down the hand. <laughs> Danger smashes into another bloke. <laughs> I was like... Did you say Did you say foot race? Did you say shake and bake? Put a little boy, a boy, yeah. Like, um, Great. And literally commentated the last two minutes. And then he's there going... I'm like, that deliberate, okay, <laughs> we can talk about that, mm. but then out of full, and he's like going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I'm like, <"Fuck> <laughs> back score's got it, he's like 15 metres out, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was incredible, so that sort of sealed the deal, so Port Adelaide and Geelong, the two, I mean, you know, we always say this, the qualifying finals are going to be absolute uh, crackers, the, you'd almost think that maybe the weakest side in that top four would have been the Brisbane Lions, but their form over the last month has been great. So they're they're coming red hot too. Yeah. Um, But did you see the footage overnight? Um, Shocking footage um, Mm. of the Melbourne fans um, looting and rioting in Turak. Disgraceful. I did not. Have they? As soon as that finished, they went out in the streets. They were burning Audis and Mercedes Benzes. It It was not on. I actually saw footage. There was a guy who... He was running, he looted a, a Hugo Boss uh, mm. shop and he ran out <laughs> with like about seven shirts and, and, and looking at his boat shoes, those boat shoes, mm. like they, they weren't going to match. Yeah, it was yeah. going to be hideous when he, when he went to the yacht. And then, and then I saw some, someone did a, a, a crash and grab at a cigar and cognac shop and I was like, guys, Fucking that's, hell, I mean, the, the, the principal of Scotch College had to put out a statement and he said, <laughs> he said, we love you, we respect you, but go home. Mm. And it's that kind of stuff that Melbourne supporters do all the time. That infuriates me. Oh, that's what you don't want to see. I saw a man drinking Grange out of an R.M. William boot. I mean, just, <laughs> these people are fucking psychopaths. They're and we animals. Just, if they I mean, win, imagine if yeah. they won the flag. If they win, I feel for the people who have to curate the planter boxes along Melbourne Road. Like, yeah, they are sure. just going to tear I, them apart. I'll tell you what. I mean, <laughs> I, I actually saw a report that um, someone threw a dry-aged steak at a cop. Now, you can't do that. No, you can't. How many, how many years was it aged for? 72 months? <laughs> you, good luck. Good luck post-grand final if Melbourne win. Getting buying stocks on the uh, Australian Stock Exchange on that Monday. There is not going to be a fucking broker around that you can get. To sell Absolutely stuff. disgraceful, you know. Mm, I mean, I think I, you know, who I feel for when Melbourne, if mm. Melbourne win the flag, is um, all of the uh, quality butchers that sell ham on, uh, because that <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good luck if you're a quince paste dealership. Fuck, mate! If you're in the quince industry, you are you are praying for a fucking <laughs> Melbourne. Maggie beer is just going to be fucking minted. <laughs> 
So then we've got the bottom half of the eight. So the Western Bulldogs, who unbelievably dropped out of the eight after losing three in a row. Yeah. And now they take on Essendon, who they lost to only a couple of weeks ago. So this is going to be, you know, it's a pretty... They lost by 13 points um, only three rounds ago. And so there's no, you know, usually you go fifth. It would pretty much take care of eighth, but there's no bloody guarantee of that one this time, Michael. I tell you. I mean, I think it was only a few weeks ago that we were both adamant that the dogs are going to win the whole thing. So they have to go mm. the long way again, like they did in 2016, which, you know. Yeah. And they're one of the few to do that. Although both, well, a bit different. Both were top four last year and had to go the long way, but were also top four, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so you can't rule them out, but they're not fucking, the form guide doesn't look great. And no, I actually and wouldn't, you just I wouldn't underrate the Swans too. I mean, Big Budwar is only about eight goals from the um, thousand. So I actually just no, want them to win like... Being two, two games, so, so he can, can do that. Yeah, yeah. try and That'd do it. Yeah. And also, how, how good for the AFL that you got a battle of the bridge as a, a second elimination final. Yeah, like, but I think exciting. it's exciting. Like all the games have gone pretty <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, there is that. There is that. Can I talk about the fucking football coverage up here in Sydney? Fucking hell, mate. Like, I was flicking around, and like the now, obviously, you've got access to the arc and everything at Rod Carter Studios. Yeah, but sure, you're but talking I, about I, what? What the yeah, regular punter? I want to watch, you know, like a regular punter, like every now and then, like just kind of because I'm salt of the earth, and just want to see what are, the mate. that's what know, people say. <laughs> what the the people on yeah. Struggle Street are doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when people run into you. Uh, at a uh, impromptu sing-along of Hamilton in the park, they say to you, how do we watch the footy up here, Michael? But fuck, man. I was like, just think about the coverage. Like, they play they play the Swans and the Giants games, but at weird times. Like, last night they were playing, I actually don't know, I think it might have been Melbourne Geelong, actually, but I think they played at, like, 9.30 to, like, you know, 12.30. So that's not on live. So the Friday night game between Ad- Port Adelaide and the Western Bulldogs, that's not broadcast live on Channel nah, 7. I think that was on live. I'm pretty certain I watched that live. Okay. Um, so I think they... Uh, I'm, I'm a bit over the shop, but I think I think they do Friday night. But are night. you watching on Channel 7 or are you watching through Foxtel, which have it has every game? Well, I, I jump between, like, if I want yeah. to put it... Uh, but, but I was watching... I, I flicked around last night to see if there was footy on and... Uh, I think on it's it's on Seven Mate, which is a remarkable channel. Do you watch much Seven mm. Mate? No, no. But every time, like when I venture across, it's all about like um, big catches and yeah, dude. big trucks and stuff. <laughs> and it's like we're two Aussie blokes. We're just barbecuing yeah. on a tinny. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Like it, and I, I'm, yeah. all the shows like paid for. They're all sponsored kind of thing. But it's like you know, just me and Terry. We're going to caravan around the country and meet <laughs> some locals. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> but um. But I was like, surely you're just like, you're showing the game. Like, it doesn't yeah. hurt you to put the game on. Because the, I think I flicked to 7-2 and it was like Dr. Harry's adventures. And it's like, I feel like we're not living in 1992 anymore and you could put on football if you want to grow the game. And also on Channel 7, if they want to grow the game, like surely yeah. it's you're just flicking a switch. It's not costing you anything. So are you telling me? The, pe- the great people of Sydney, the football lovers of Sydney, cannot sit down on free-to-air and currently watch the Crows versus the Kangaroos. Are you telling me that that's not happening right now? Because there would be pretty much... Everyone's in lockdown. There's six million people who have got nothing to do and you've got the Crows playing the Kangaroos. The Crows could move up to 15th. 
Actually, put let the me fucking live ladder on that. Let me check right now, okay? Um, but my gathering is that they play the Swans and Giants games live and then other games kind of randomly. Okay. Oh, look, there's the Prime Minister on TV on ABC News, 24. Oh, what's he got to say? Something great? It's never been a better time I to get COVID. I don't edit editorialise during our show. Oh, I'm sorry about your mate. Here we go. So we've got AFL on now on 7 mate. And okay. So that so that would be the Collingwood-Essendon game? Uh, I think it would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah so which I makes sense because they would have a big, quite a big following around the country. Before that though, like I think it's like generally like they do that kind of 320 game that leads into the news. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Now, let's talk about the sadness that has uh, struck us b b b upon both our clubs. That uh, Both of us have lost a coach on the weekend. Um, one hasn't been announced yet, but uh, it's only hours away. Tick, uh, tick, Clarker, tick, you tick, saw him coach tick, your, your last game. He got you. So you, you guys rounded out your um, season with three wins and a draw. Second draw for the season. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever had, uh, lived through two draws in one year for the Hawks. Um, Fuck. Un these are unprecedented times, Michael. <laughs> well, I mean, you wouldn't read about it, would you? No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> two draws in one season. I mean, Fuck. I thought 2020 was weird, but now 2021 yeah. is <laughs> still my head in. <laughs> but um, it was actually quite nice in the end. And, I mean, it was obviously a game that didn't mean a great deal. Uh, but, no. I mean, the narrative, and I'm sure he's fine with it and, you know, it's nothing you kind of, you know, worry about, but the narrative of Sean Burgoyne and his 407th game, to if he was the dude who just got the fingers across the line to um to save the game would have been fucking amazing. But it was all very and sweet. I think, that's all how I think that's how he'll be remembered, is the man who couldn't win the game against <laughs> Richmond in his final match. I mean, put some effort in. I can see maybe he should have... Probably shouldn't have got to 400, I would have thought, you know. Um, but it was nice seeing them get carried off and um, uh, and everyone seemed pretty happy and Clyco's down. Sure. Now, there's something I, I need bucks to... For free. There's something we need to discuss here. Now, you alerted me to the fact of something... Now, you do some really sad things in your life. We discuss them quite often. Your love of musicals, your love of wrestling, all that kind of stuff. And your penchant for writing uh, letters, not emails, letters to um, heads of um, organisations. <laughs> and, and you sent a letter, a young Michael sent a letter to Wayne Jackson at uh, AFL House. Yeah, and, and to, to recap, I, I think we brought this up about nearly two years ago now. Um, yeah. I found a letter when I was moving into a new mansion. And uh, it seemed to be a letter that I'd written to Wayne Jackson um, complaining about the draw <laughs> of Hawthorne in 1997, I think. Now, as, as you say that, as you state that out loud, do you realise how fucking sad that is? Well, it's I, a I letter I wrote to Wayne Jackson about the draw. <laughs> I think the remarkable thing is that he wrote back to me within about two hours. He was like, this guy's <laughs> a fucking idiot. I'm yeah, you'll put, put, him you'll in put his on place. a list. Yeah. That, you know what? Well, that's probably cost junk time. Um, getting a look in at the AFL because they're like, oh yeah, Adam Rosemarks, he's he's a funny guy. Michael Chamberlain, bing! Oh no, he's <laughs> he's the guy that sent the letter to, to Jack. <laughs> I think I'm on a watch list at the AFL. Yeah. Like if exactly. I kind of walk past Marvel, they're like, he's here, he's here, he's here. The Black yeah. Ops are like, he's here, he's yeah. here. There's a sniper who's fucking good. <laughs> you're in the crosshairs the moment you head down there. So, 
with your um, love of writing a good of a letter, what did you do this week, you sad motherfucker? I hand wrote a letter oh. to Alistair Clarkson, thanking him for his services to my football club and my family. How old are you? Twenty-three, and I wrote a hand letter. Hand wrote it, so mm-hmm. you know I think that means more. I hand wrote a letter to Alistair, mm. thanking him for the service to my football club and for the memories that it has built with my um uh the proud moments that we've experienced with my family um at the football so so you hand wrote it right so that means that you uh, unlike a typed letter where you know you put it on a word document you can go back and edit it you go into this and you have to your poor left-handed penmanship you it was actually go to write to a letter it's actually, uh, so actually like, sometimes you kind of go like, oh, geez, like you don't write very often. Um, no, no, no and that's what I'm getting at. And you have to make clear too, like you have to kind of make yes. the, yeah. And you have to know where this is headed. So did you have this planned in your head as to what you were going to say or did it just did it just come to you magically? It flowed from the pen, Adam. You know, I'm a wordsmith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like not, I was, wasn't even moving my hand. It's just, it yeah, just flowed yeah. like velvet out of the big yeah, pen, yeah, mate. Yeah, um, out of the f- out of your four color pen. But I felt it was appropriate to to put in writing that he has done a great job for my football club, and um, a grown uh, we'll man continue to do a writing great job a letter to another grown club. man. A grown man writing a letter to another grown man that you then had to leave in COVID infected times and go down to the post office to yep. purchase a stamp to send to. Where did you send it to, by the way? I sent it to it. There's a PO box for Waverley. And did you express post it because Clarko's out of there now? Uh, it was like a pre-post, no, pre-paid, I suppose. So it almost it had the stamp on it already, mm-hmm. and it cost me about a dollar thirty-five, I think. Just money. But do you will you ever know, Michael? Did you have a return address on it? Uh, I put a return address on the back of the envelope, and I put my um, my on the letter. I put my as is the tradition. I put my address, my email and phone number and that is my very thirsty attempt to try and get Clarko to reply to me <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon he will uh i'm gonna say he won't i would say that will I, i'm gonna I, say I he won't i reckon he's well come you know what whatever five o'clock yesterday he would have been locked out mm. of his hawthorne computer so he lost his email yeah. um but i think i believe in the man and I believe he will send me a text and he will say, save the number so we can mm-hmm. communicate uh, <laughs> for the rest of the year. But I so did you find are it hoping that you and Clarko will become friends because of this. I did find it funny. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, traveling and stuff with his wife. Yep. And we're all like, um, you know, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a pandemic going on Clarko <laughs> like what are you yeah, what are you actually yeah. going to do next year yeah because he, he came out this week and was like well you know I'd love to you know uh, travel the world with my with my beautiful wife because I haven't been able to do that because for 17 years I've been coaching and even before that he's been coaching for so long and so now was the opportune time and you kind of went I reckon this might be another one of Clarko's um, uh, bullshit speeches that he may <laughs> have had a few of over the last few months but also, this was possibly the, the easiest one to call out. Yeah, sure. I mean, I remember Kevin Sheedy saying he, you know, 
one desire was to take his wife on a European summer trip. And oh, he yeah. promised that, you know, when they kind of got married. But then it was like 35 years later before he could actually do it because he was a player and a coach for so long. Yeah, but like she got to go on the international rules trips. There was all sorts of stuff <laughs> that she got. She got to go to Bali every, way, every year with the, with the players. She would have loved it, you know. But there was actually an interesting article uh, from The Age during the week that kind of listed some of the weird things that Clarko had done mm. across his journey as Hawthorne coach. And some of them that, I'd, you know, I remembered reading him at the time and you just go, fuck, that's odd. Like the time he bought Grant Birchall a uh, puppy. An eight-week-old Labrador. He just went around. He rang Birch. Birch, mate, I'm popping around. And he comes around and Birch is like, oh, I think I'm in trouble here. And he rocks up with a puppy and just goes, I've brought this for you. And then Birch, after about two days, said, the dog's been driving me nuts. He wasn't yeah. a dog guy. Um, but surely kind of Birch showed a bit of love to the little puppy. Like an eight-week-old eight Labrador. Fucking hell, can you get anything more adorable? I know, it is adorable, and that, that's, a, that's a magnet when you're down the park. But also, if you're not into dogs, like that's a, that's a huge assumption to just rock up. Yeah, sure, And sure. just go, hey, mate, just getting you a dog. Uh, I'll see you later. I remember last, year, like, during, uh, I haven't got last year during lockdown, and... Um, I think I just saw a picture of a rabbit, and I was like, I want to get a rabbit. <laughs> I'm kind of having weird kind of like, I mean, I don't kind of have the lifestyle to kind of look after a dog, but I'm like, yeah. Are you? Have, did you have a dog growing up? Uh, yes, we did. I even had a rabbit, and I had a rabbit when I was in grade prep, and because I'm very um, creative, I called the rabbit John. Okay, that's cool. Mm. My um, sister's family, they have Cyril, the Cavoodle. Who's named after Pope Benedict? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it also goes on to say, um, so Clarko also had a little bit of a penchant for um, visiting people overseas. So of course the famous one was that he went and saw uh, Buddy to see whether Buddy was leaving this, uh, the Hawks to go to what they thought was GWS at the time. So he's gone over to Las Vegas when Buddy's over there with Gibbo, Josh Gibson. Can you imagine that? That would have just convinced him that he's leaving that club. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Do you reckon that was the kind of final straw? And Buddy just went. I reckon I'm out. Yeah. Now, okay. Like <clears throat> he's intent enough, and then to have him come to your. You're in Las Vegas, mate. What happens over there? You are not telling a soul about, right? Yeah, sure. And then sure. your coach just rocks up, and he's like, "You got to tell me." And you're like, "Oh, mate, this is like fucking. You're getting into stalker territory here." And it's also like. Not just like an hour drive. Like you literally have to get on, you know, probably yes. two planes to get there. Yeah. It's like, what, probably 17 hours or so. And then you got to book a, uh, you know, book a room at Caesar's Palace. you got to um, head out to the pool, yeah. uh, book a lounge. You know, they don't come mm. free. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Now, okay, pound for pound, okay, Buddy and Gibbo in Vegas mm. versus... Swanee and Dusty in Vegas. That ah, is a fucking good question. challenge. That good is a fucking challenge. That is a, a fucking Vegas question oh. without notice. Because fuck, I reckon, right, I reckon right, two fuck. of them, I reckon two mm. of them are a bit more obvious about some of their behaviour. But I reckon there's another two. No names. Mm. No mm. pack drills. Mm. <laughs> there's another two <laughs> that I reckon fucking play a big game and just don't advertise it. Wow, excellent. Fuck, excellent Because remember Swanee had a story about being banned from a Vegas hotel at our live show earlier 
yes, this year. Yes. And we won't go into details, but he said, yeah, he was banned from one. So obviously, yeah. you know, he And he didn't tell us the details, by the way. Like we No, no. Um, he goes hard, but says he goes hard. But yeah, the other two, you imagine would be a lot of fun to hang out with. That is a fucking good question, Michael. I reckon, and I, reckon... I am going with... You know what? I'm going with um, Buddy and Josh because I think Buddy's got the swagger, but he's a little bit more understated, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I but feel then like so is so is Dusty. Fuck this! Oh, 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 it's, man, a no, fucking, it's, it's a fucking it's it's a fucking real question without notice. We can put it out to the junk timers out there, Buddy and Gibbo yeah, versus Swanee right, and Dusty. Because yeah. I feel like I feel like okay, the party game is probably stronger for Dusty and Swanee. I feel like, in all respect, I feel like the lady game is stronger for <laughs> Buddy and Gibbo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so it depends on where we are. Are we in a club or are we around a pool? Oh, I think, See, we're, I think so we're just hanging out in General Vegas. Like, we're going to, like, we're staying at... You're spending the whole time. We're staying at Caesar's Palace. We're going to the beach yeah, okay. uh, at the pool. We're yeah. going to nightclubs at night. Like, we're spending yeah, a week yeah. there. Clarko shows up. <laughs> He's the third yeah. wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Great question, Junk Timers. We want your responses because we're, I'm fascinated by this. I am, <laughs> I am torn. I am absolutely torn. Yeah, because I feel like there's one side that might hang out with a bit of a seedy underbelly. Yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying, man. I hear what you're saying, yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) Clarko, and I didn't know this particular story. Now, um, the Hawks, well, Clarko thought they were in the running to get Jake Carlisle from Essendon. Yeah. And so, Clarko was in the States, and he knew that Jake Carlisle was in Miami. And so, Clarko flew down there and rang uh, Jake Carlisle and the following conversation happened. Uh, g'day. Uh, so Jake Carlisle picks up the phone. He goes, uh, g'day Clarko. I'm in Miami. And Clarko says, yeah, so am I. And then Carlisle's like, where are you? And he's like, I'm out the front of your hotel. It's a little now, failure attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine Jake Carlisle then just going, um, Clarko would have been like, can, can I come up and see? He goes, can you give me a couple of minutes? I've got to send I a Snapchat. <laughs> I just need to. I just need to clean my room. Give me five minutes. No, mate, it doesn't matter if you got clothes everywhere. Yeah, no, Clarko, I'm just a bit of a. I'm a bit of a stickler for a clean room, oh, man. I just got to put some plates Clarko, away. I've got a kitchenette, and I was making a cake, yeah. and <laughs> I spilled the flour. Yeah, and when I make a cake, I love to just roll up dollar bills. Right, that's how I. That's how Decoration. I. Just, I. That's how I manage. That's how I measure stuff. But then the other one about the guy who worked with bill belichick yes so clarko wants to talk to him to pick his brains about bill belichick and we had actually had the last name lombardi so football royalty yes yeah, so he's meeting michael lombardi who had worked in the nfl as an uh, as a scout and as head of player personnel and general manager of nfl team so and he'd also written a book about what it you know, what it takes to become a, a dynasty in the States. And so Clarko booked a flight with him, but mm. he particularly booked the seat next to him so he could have like four or five hours talking to him and picking his brains about, you know, what it takes to build a dynasty. But I'm yeah. trying to work out, how did he actually do that? Like, I don't know. And it says he Lombardi would later recount on a podcast. I don't know how he did it. So he's managed to snaffle that. And imagine that. You're just like on a flight. You're like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm happy. You know, when you sit next to someone, you're like, how you going, mate? You know, where you going? That's it. Opening five minutes. 
then you go to your book, you go to your movie. You don't have some guy asking you everything about uh, your whole, you know, work life. I mean, do you think he maybe went to the counter and kind of slipped a bit of cash in the hand of uh, oh. some at the checkout and said, you know, went, where's his seat? Can I get in next week? I, that's the only way I can think about he did it, like finding out that information from Well, yeah, the, you'd have to know where he's person. sitting to know where uh, – to get to see next to him, which is almost, and also because by that stage, if you know, mostly like planes are booked up by then, like the flight's already kind of booked, isn't it? Yes. So unless, unless it was in like a business class and he's gone, I'll pay this much extra to get it. And then the airline went, no worries, we can shuffle shit around. So all these, you know, it's a tribute to Clarko. So he stalked uh, uh, one of his best <laughs> players. <laughs> he stalked another player and then he stalked yep. a, uh, a coach advisor so yes. it's uh, a farewell to one of Australia's true sociopath yes. AFL coaches. And uh, all I can say is welcome to Carlton. Thank you, Clarko. So, Teague, mate. So we're filming... Well, it all kicked off over the weekend, didn't it? Uh, or uh, during the week when... Uh, so Ross Lyon on Footy Classified on Wednesday night, he basically said, I would talk to Carlton. I'm not going to talk to Collingwood. He's not happy with the situation down at yep. Collingwood. That must have killed Eddie, wouldn't it? He's sitting right there... Going, mate, I, if I was there, because of the stability that I brought to Collingwood, we would be able to get Ross Lyon. And now, because of these fuckheads, we can't get him. And, of course, if there's one thing you can say about Collingwood during Eddie's tenure, it was mm. stability. I mean, stability. that's that's yeah. what I saw during that whole time. Like, never a peep out of anyone. <laughs> there was well, always... It was just, it was only about what happened on the ground. That's all that people <laughs> ever talked about, you know? The thing I liked just about him, it, it, was never, it was never about him. Okay, it no. was never about no, him. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't even know he was president for so long. Yeah, I, I, it was just a guy called Ed. I, I didn't even know what he looked yeah. like. <laughs> no, never heard of him. So David Teague's manager, Liam Pickering, has Your come mate. out and labelled Ross Lyon's TV pitch for the Carlton job as grubby and disrespectful. Yeah. Now, now how dare you call a man who left St Kilda and knifed Mark Harvey in the back and usurped his own management to get the job. How dare you call him grubby and disrespectful? What kind of... I mean, come on, Pickers. Now, th- I was actually shocked by the fact mm. that Pickers was talking about this, by the fact he, he's he been unaware that he's been managing David Teague for the last he two decades. No. He had no idea. I mean, he, he got him the job and then he just hands off. He hasn't even spoken to Teague. But, but now... Fuck, he's angry. He's fucking angry at Ross Lyon for doing that. What do you think about it? What do you think about it? Like, it was putting a bit of a hand up for it while the dude still has the job. So I, yeah, I, I feel it was a bit off from Ross. It's callous. It's heartless. And I think that's Ross Lyon. I think that's just the kind of person. And I reckon, you know what? It actually kind of, um, if you're Carlton, I reckon you see that and you go, I don't know if I like the look of that. Yeah, could have sure. just sat back, waited... It was seriously like, it was on Wednesday. We're recording this on Sunday. He had to wait five days to keep his powder dry and just texted someone involved the Carlton and said, hey, I'm interested. Yeah. He didn't need to make a an impassioned plea about, you know, Lee Matthews telling him that, you know, because he'd taken two clubs to grand finals, that, you know, not, you know, shit coaches basically can't do that. It's like, mate, just stop with the bullshit. You want to coach again. You've seen a fucking good list that's there and you want the gig. Just tell Carlton that. Yeah, actually, now I think about it, like it actually feels quite kind of calculated and a Absolutely rather is. large dick move. It's like you, you can do that privately. You don't need to do that publicly. 
No. And also but, at the uh, you know. at the footy classified time of ten thirty seven on a Wednesday. Night. <laughs> 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 but I think it's airing at uh, uh nine fourteen this week. Yeah. So now I'm hearing that um, the job is Clarko. This is this is what I'm hearing from your my mail. channels. The job, your mailman. Yeah, my mail. Yeah. The the job is Clarko's. If he wants it, and if he doesn't, and they reckon they probably you know he was going to get cleared of Hawthorne's final game and just be clear of all that. And then the real talk will start tomorrow, and it's his. And if he doesn't want it, then it's Ross Lyons. Okay, gotcha. So how do you, they're going to go through a process and speaking to other coaches. It's those two, or that's it. How do you feel about that, um, getting either? Look, I'd be happy with Clarko. I mean, you know, he's proven even with the adjustments in the modern game that he's, you know, you look at the way Hawthorne ended the season. He can, you know, they, they were fucking competitive. They took it up to a lot of. Half decent teams, and that hurts me to say. But Ross Lyon hasn't coached for a few years, and you just go, uh, has he? You know, has he got what it takes? And I just don't want like we did with Mick Malthouse and we did with Dennis Pagan that you just go, oh, he's a really you know famous coach. Let's just get him in without going through a process. Yeah, that's what I worry about. Like you don't do that again. Just kind of be like, uh, you're good. You can have it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Although with Clarko, you kind of go, yeah, you are good, and we know you're good. So. Yeah. And he still, you know, you saw how passionate he was when he was fucking going ballistic with the phone yeah. a couple of weeks ago. The guy still wants to coach and, you know, he would, and I would love him just, if only, just to shove it up Hawthorne that he gets a premiership. I'm not really worried about the premiership at Carlton, but if it if it makes Clarko happy to say, hey, get fucked, Jeff Kennett, then that's what I'm on board for, Mike. Yeah, sure. I feel like a redemption Clarko, for Clarko. I, f- I, I, I don't know anything. I, have, I haven't got a, a mailman. You haven't got a mailman? Um, but I feel like... I feel like he needs a year off just to kind of refresh and just not jump into it. Because I mean, think about, you know, if you jump from Hawthorne now to Carlton, like, okay, yeah. uh, okay, so Teague goes tomorrow. Let's say that, okay? I feel bad for Teague. And actually, he came out very strongly in the press conference and I agreed with a lot of what he said. He said, I want, you know, I could have got a bit of more support from the club, you know, publicly. Well, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like a um, a review to talk about what he needs to help make the club better, which yeah. is obviously just a defensive structure. If Carlton has a defensive structure, we're playing finals, mate. Fucking trust me, and we're going deep. Yeah, sure. But I think if Clarko, like, okay, so he finishes, you know, wraps up stuff today. He doesn't have he, well, he'd have to go to Carlton, do exit interviews, get across the fucking list as of fucking Thursday, you know. Mm. And then you're into drafting, you're into training, into planning, what you're doing. Like I feel like, I feel like that's a big, a big load for a dude who's just worked 17 years. Anyway, I'm getting a, a thing on Twitter now saying that Alistair Clarkson signed to College Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> now, let us move on from um, all the footy talk. Now, last weekend we spoke about on the show uh, Jason Ackerman, uh, Jason cryptocurrency ZooCoin. Yep. Okay. And we talked about how this, it came from the brainchild of a, of a man in Albury, a, um, uh, a man who could des- be described as a um, colourful racing identity. Oh, that's right, of course. Created his own cryptocurrency and Acker is all on board. And I thought, wouldn't it be fucking great if the Junk Time AFL podcast invested in some zoo coin? Did you buy okay. one? Well, here's the thing. Now, ZooCoin um, floated at $60 per coin, okay? And I was like, all right, <laughs> this podcast is doing very well. 
so we can afford one zoo coin and then i went onto the website to purchase said zoo coin but you can't just buy one michael you have to buy 10. now i'm we we can afford this this is not a problem junk timers don't get us wrong we could fucking we could we could buy a lot more than we that. buy that but, company out <laughs> yeah I don't want to get rid of just $600 straight down the toilet because uh-huh. that is where I believe the ZooCoin will be going. So you have to buy a minimum of 10 shares. And how's this though? How good is this from ZooCoin? They uh, have 1 million ZooCoin available. So when they, when everyone, as they will, when everyone buys into ZooCoin, they're going to be suddenly worth $6 billion, which is not a bad little... Not a bad thing for a little company from uh, from Albury. Uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, would you call that a pyramid plan? <laughs> it's a little bit. And so then I jumped into the um, the terms and conditions in the purchase agreement. And well, how's this? These would be rich. Number th- <laughs> it's like number three. Number one three must one must right. own drug-addled horse. <laughs> Number three hit me right between the eyes. You shall not purchase zoo coins for any illegal uses or purposes. Oh, hello. Do you know what cryptocurrency is fucking for? (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, yeah, I'm out, mate. We're cooked. Zoo coin, you and I and the Junk Time podcast are fucking finished. No, we do not do anything illegal. Um, But hit us up at Junk Bet. Uh, we're the four year finals uh, betting, and we can uh, take care of the odds for you. <laughs> we'll sort you out. Uh, football in real life? Hit me. Uh, from Larry. I uh, went to the pub in Victoria Park, Perth, WA, uh, called the Broken Hill, aka Broken Nose, aka Crack Mountain. <laughs> okay. Crack, Elliot, I'm, I'm, mate, I'll tell you what, I'm going to Crack Mountain. So, Elliot, yo, enjoying a beer and look like a steak burger. Uh, my friend tells me he part owns the place with his father. I'm doing very well. There you go. It was busy and the staff were under pressure with a lot of pointing going on f- between staff behind the bar. They seem to be blaming each <laughs> other it. for the slow service issues. My friend mentioned the little fat man doing most of the gesticulating was in dead Craig, yo, Elliot's father. So the apple obviously hasn't fallen far from the tree. Oh, that's <laughs> right, because he was doing the pointing yeah. recently. He was. Uh, from Lizzie, couple of footballers in real life for you this morning. But just just back on Craig Yo, if he's busy running a pub, how is he listening to all of the um, shit that's been said about his son to be able to point it out to his son? Well, I or actually sometimes see him at the Ark. He got it must be like a dispensation yeah, right. from the AFL or something to come over from WA. But um, yeah, I often see him next to me. Um, you know, or when to he's when he's working the bar at um at Crack Mountain, uh, uh you know. Punters behind the bar, you know, order go. I oh, give us a, a pot of um fucking little creatures, thanks, mate. He's like, you know, as he goes, oh, by the way, your son, fucking terrible left foot <laughs> kick into the forward pocket the other day. He's like, noted, done. I'll tell him. I'll say I'm seeing him tonight. He's getting a steak burger. Uh, from Lizzie this morning on my government mandated two hours of exercise, I saw Toby Green walking a Dalmatian around the town, the uh, tan. And then Ben King eating an apple while crossing the road near the MCG. Exciting times, I know. Fuck, man. That's awesome. Hey, isn't that interesting that Toby Green, is that his Dalmatian? Did he hire a Dalmatian? Because <laughs> he's not living down here. You don't bring your dogs down, do you? Well, that's a good point. I, someone told me, who was it? Who was my mailman? Well, mailwoman. It was someone a bit ago. I can't remember. But the Swans and Giants had to leave to get to Victoria. Yeah. When yep. Victoria was good, and the 
wives and girlfriends were coming down on a bus to Victoria to be with them and then halfway through the trip they found out that the giants and the swans had to go back to New South Wales. And so maybe the dog oh, oh, the was bus. on the bus. Maybe the dog was on the bus. Surely you're not taking a dog on that's fucking like Wild West shit. Well, well, wait, well where do you leave, leave the dog? Oh, I am put it in a. Well, you put the you put the you know you put the needle in, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to keep the season going, at what cost? I mean, really. <laughs> a Dalmatian too. You don't see many Dalmatians these days, do you? No, Can I bring up one thing before we go about um. You hearing the are you hearing the word clubland a lot more nowadays? Oh yes. Yeah, like we talk a bit ago about pulling the levers, but I'm hearing mm. clubland a lot more nowadays. And I looked up on Webjet because I was like, I want to go to clubland, and <laughs> I couldn't find any flights from Sydney to get to clubland. Is it in a red zone? Is it a green zone? Clubland? I don't know. I'm not totally sure. But if anyone has any information out there, and and also yeah. before we go, can I bring up what an amazing, an amazing two days of wrestling we've had, Adam? We Thanks for having us, Junk Timers. Um, it's going to be a great final series, and I'll catch you next week. Go, we had, Clarko. We had SummerSlam today. That was absolutely pretty special. And then yesterday, we had CM Punk come back. He was in AEW, okay? So AEW is like almost like a – it's a big company, but it's like not very old, like two years. And so CM Punk hadn't wrestled for about seven years. He went into MMA, but he was very unhappy about the wrestling industry. He came out, he got the biggest pop. I've ever heard of my entire life, right? Like, the crowd went absolutely fucking mental. And then today, we had SummerSlam, okay? Becky Lynch came back. The man, she came back. And I didn't I didn't like the booking that she... She came out and she beat Bianca Belair in, like, five seconds. And it was like, she, they didn't have to give her the title straight away. Like, she could have just kind of, you know, maybe gotten into a feud with um, Bianca Belair. Um, and because and uh, Carmella got had to face Bianca Belair and she was never going to win the title but like uh, there's talk about Sasha Banks maybe having some COVID issues and that she might have been anti-vaxxer as well so you know I don't want to talk about that but then um, uh, John Cena and Roman Reigns were up against each other because John Cena was going for his record 17th title Ric Flair and him have 16 titles in WCW WWE and so Roman Reigns like, he said he'd leave the company if he lost to John Cena, who's obviously a big star. And I was thinking, like, gee, maybe they'll put it on him for a month, put the belt on him for a month. And then at the end, like, after we had CM Punk come back, Becky Lynch come back, at the end, Roman Reigns beats John Cena, and then fucking Brock Lesnar walks out at the very end. Now, and so, obviously, he'll go straight into a feud with Roman Reigns. I don't think they've fought before. Oh, no, they have. They have. They fought at WrestleMania a few years ago. And actually, it was a bit of a dud match because they were trying to get Roman over, okay? And it's it's worked much better for him now when he turned heel. And so he's been champion for about a year now. And so it's it's quite a fascinating time. Like, where they're going to take Becky? I don't think they needed to put the belt on her. Like, it was really insane. It's like 50,000 people at the um, stadium where the, the uh, Las Vegas um, Raiders play. So, like, you know, it's a big crowd, big crowd. Um, but some of the pops when they came out was fucking amazing. Um, anyway, yeah, I just got to look around the dirt sheets and see what, um, and read the shoot interviews just to kind of see what, you know, the real story is. But, yeah, I mean, I love Becky. I loved her coming back. I actually had forgotten Becky was out because she, last year, she it was WrestleMania, then about a month later she, uh, she announced she was pregnant. And so, obviously, they say, you know, probably getting 
uh, hit with a steel chair is not great for pregnant women. Um, I remember my, my sister, when she had her first child, um, the doctor said to her, she was like, you know, did check up and stuff like that. And she was like, I just want to be very clear. Make sure you never get hit in the head with a title belt because that's the worst thing that can happen to a pregnant woman. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I wish them much happiness. Edge and Seth Rollins was very entertaining as well. But, I mean, Cena's obviously not going to be there for, you know, months and months. So, you probably, you probably maybe put the title on him for like a day, you know, give him that 17th because he's carried the company for so long. But you, you can't kind of have him in the – you can't have him – he's not going to be there for, you know – Half a year. He's going to be there for like two months, and then he's going to. Sorry, you go. Hey, are you single? (laughs) 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 Ghosts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.